Macworld Podcast, Macworld Expo Special Edition for February 2010. Sponsored by Macworld Super Guides, what you need to know. Welcome to this Macworld Expo Special Edition Podcast. I'm the podcast's regular host, Chris Breen. Throughout Expo Week, we'll be offering a series of podcasts hosted by a variety of Macworld editors and featuring some of the best and brightest people in the Apple-related industry. And now, this episode's host. Greetings from the top of the Macworld booth at the Macworld 2010. We are situated high above the crowd, which is surprisingly full. It's extremely full, I would say. It's uh, crowded. Yeah. Even. So this is our, in, in years past, we've done a Dan cast uh, using, utilizing every Dan at our disposal to put together a, a podcast of unprecedented Danness, as some would say. <laughs> this year we found ourselves uh, a Dan short, yeah. as it were. Yeah, we're down and, to Dan. Yeah, we're down to Dan. So there, is, there are two Dans. I'm joined by uh, Macworld executive editor, Dan Miller. Hey there. Uh, and then in, and we have graciously, subbing in for us at the last minute, we have found a pair of Davids. <laughs> we have Macworld contributor David Chartier. Greetings, everyone. And Macworld contributor David Dahlquist. Hello. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, I know I just sort of scooped you up on the floor there, but... Uh, you know, it shows your dedication and your commitment to the Mac cause that you would be able to to step right in, and, and it worked out well. David's actually traveling packs, so yeah. Even as I told you that, you know, well, we don't really know what we're talking about today, but <laughs> um, yeah. So what are we going to talk about? Well, we're here at MacWorld Expo. This has been a big question mark for the show's future because obviously Apple is not here this year, right? Uh, but I think we've all had a chance to walk the floor a little bit, or at least sort of get an overview of what's going on. And, and let's, let's that, start that, out with the general sort of impressions. What do you, well, what do I you think, feel like? I think the thing that, that impressed me is that floor is very crowded. It's actually very hard to get around. Uh, there are a lot of people here, and I think there were a lot of question marks about how many people would show up, and it's not even Saturday yet. Yeah, I mean, it's been a Thursday, Thursday yesterday. I talked to several vendors who said, it was packed. Like you know, I, I didn't stop talking for the moment the, the 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 doors opened until the doors closed and I they shooed the last people out. Um, and foot traffic sounds like it's been pretty good. I have talked to a couple of vendors who said they've got as much, if not more, traffic than they got last year. That's is, great. Yeah, that's I mean, wonderful. It's fantastic it to hear. I mean, obviously the floor is a little smaller this year, um, but it's nice because you know in the past I feel like when they split up between the north and the south halls, there was always one that you didn't quite get to. Yeah. Or one year they had it in West and it's just, you kind of forget because one of the halls is always very full and the other one is usually like half full. Yeah. And it's tough to it's be in that other hall like, oh yeah, yeah, there's stuff over there. And they've tried to theme it in different ways and do stuff. But I feel like, you know, being able to concentrate all this stuff, it's really... It's got great density. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We're overlooking, is this the mobile area right this here? This is the, yes, the mobile applications. The mobile applications area is just solid with people. It is thronged. And I know the, the, for our listeners at home can't see this, but basically what it is, it's a, what is it, about a four by five grid of these little round tables. Uh, each one has like four developers on them. So it's a, they're packed in there, It's really. cozy. they got to get friendly. Yeah. I mean, and obviously for a lot of them, you know, these guys are all showing off like iPhone apps for the most part. And so... It doesn't necessarily require a lot of space to show things off, but uh, at least from one of the developers I talked to down in that area, he said that it was really good. You know, people walk up, they uh, he just pulls out his phone and shows off the application to them, and and they say, oh, that's kind of cool. They take a card and he said, yeah, some of them I saw, you know, walking away downloading the app. So for me, 
that that's you know that's a sale that's great uh, do you guys feel like there's a particular I mean I don't know if you had a chance to walk through that iPhone section actually I haven't yet I walked. haven't dared to it's no. too crowded I took a look through there I talked to the uh, the quick office guys because mm-hmm. I wanted to ask them about it because that's really interesting how they've they've packed such a productive suite into a tiny little app um, and they're they're you know as happy as anybody else to talk to everyone because they won a uh, you know a best of show so yeah it's it's great I mean everyone's just right down there you can get some really really great feedback from uh, from the developers down there I mean I think we all know the developers are pretty pretty key to the the show's survival in the future so obviously if they're having a good year then you know things bode well for the show I would say I mean if you've talked to any developers you get the feeling that these guys are you know going to be coming back next year and Absolutely. And and the people I talked to, I mean, they said it's been a really good mix of, of, of customers, people who are going to actually buy their stuff, and other developers who just want to talk to them, do a little networking. So they're getting sort of both of those things at the show. Uh, I've noticed that despite having this uh, this iPhone pavilion, which has been excellent, um, there, there, it does seem like the Mac is a little less represented. And that's been a criticism for many years. You know, people, what is this, iPod world? You're right. iPhone world? Right. I mean, how do you feel like, do you feel like there's a good representation of the Mac platform here, or does it <laughs> seem like it's kind of lacking? Too? Well, part of part of what I've been doing is I've been hanging out over in the business development section, so it's all Mac stuff, but all of them have iPhone apps to go along with their Mac software, and now they're all talking about the iPad apps that they're going to be building. So I've been talking to a lot of Mac developers, and, and so I've got a bit of a distorted view of that. I think so there's, it seems pretty well represented to me. I think there's a little bit of, of going back and forth, because the iPhone is still very new, so it's it's kind of the hot thing right now, and everybody's trying to, to, to work out their space in there. And I, I think it's not entirely represented here at the show, but I think that, that things are shifting back to the Mac. There is more attention there. I'm seeing big new versions from a lot of the developers who, like you said, you know, they've, they've got the first maybe 1.0, 2.0 versions of their iPhone app, and now they're right. they're building them together. They're making sure that they're on both platforms, that the apps work together for whatever they do. So it's coming back around, I think. And obviously the big hole in the show still being Apple this year, but I mean, has it has it made a difference? I did have this one very odd moment earlier where I was sitting on the, doing a panel on the main stage, and uh, we were getting ready to go, and this guy came up, and he was clearly, he had an accent, sounded like he was from Germany, I think. And he said, you know, very, well, where, where's where's the Apple booth? <laughs> Can you tell me where it is? And one of my co- you know colleagues on that panel said, uh, there isn't one. And he looked, I felt like he looked kind of heartbroken by that. He's like, I flew really? all the way like, from Germany. I flew all the way from Germany. This is Mac world, right? Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> but I mean, do you feel like, given Apple's absence, how do you feel like that's changed the flavor of the show? I feel like everybody else is getting more attention. I think that Apple sucked in all that attention by having that huge booth in the middle of the floor. Obviously, it, it drew in a lot more people, but I think that all these other developers are getting a lot more attention than they might have otherwise. You don't have those neglected corners of the floor where there's nobody at all. Yeah. You know, you don't have any of the dead corners. You've got people just walking around checking out everything. So, I mean, in some ways, I think it's really good. I have seen a few areas that look a little sparser than others, but um, for the most part, not so much. I yeah. mean, yeah. I, I completely agree. Last year when, when we all found out that Apple wasn't coming, I, I actually got kind of excited at the potential of an Apple-less Mac world because now, like, like you said, 
it, it's going to be about the community. We all know why we're here. We're all here for Apple. Right. And Apple stores, you know, there's one on every corner now, right? They're almost yeah. like McDonald's. You can go see Apple stuff anytime you need to. This is the Mac world, the community world, where the developers, the customers can get together. Because we're all here for Apple stuff anyway. Yeah, yeah. Dave, Dave and I were talking about this the other day too. It's true. If you want to try out a new Apple product, go to one of the Apple stores. Here you can see what everybody else has to offer and actually experience things firsthand that you wouldn't normally get to do maybe at an Apple store. Right. I mean, I you know, the Apple store is a very limited venue mm -hmm. for, for products. It's, yeah. you know, the, what makes its way onto those shelves is extremely limited and it's all picked by Apple. They get to decide. It's kind of like the App Store, right? They get to decide what they feature. Right. Where it goes, how it's prominently it's placed, right. and I'm sure they love that. But you know, for these other developers who would love a chance to get their products in front of you know customers' eyes, this is a, this is still a great opportunity to do exactly. So. As much as Apple is is famous for giving you you know so much of what you need right out of the box, you know this is the stuff. These are the the laptop bags you're going to have to buy. Maybe the laptop stand you need because you use a second display that you plug it into the iPhone case that you're going to have. You know, so you don't want to have to pay 500 bucks when you drop it. It's all right here. Now, at the same time, you know, Apple fans have been criticized as sometimes for being a bit fanatical. I know, Dan, you said you said yeah. you saw an interesting quote the, in the, the paper the, today. The, the guy who runs the show, Paul Kent, was quoted in the paper today saying that that uh, Macworld Expo is a little bit like a Star Trek convention or a Comic Con, <laughs> and that it brings in all these uh, fanatics, which is something you know, kind of a stereotype that I know I've been trying to fight against for a long, long time. Yeah. That, that in fact, Mac users are, are rational human beings who've made a rational decision about the kind of computer they're going to use, and they're not just starry-eyed fanatics. But but at the same time, apparently I'm wrong. No, but at the same, <laughs> I, I mean, I think there's there's a there's a trade-off there, right? Because at the same time, you know, there's never going to be a Windows convention that has this kind of they attention. No, there's no exactly. there's no fans for there that. There's no right? fans. You know, they we're are just resigned. To what it. has fans? Rock, rock bands, yeah. sports teams. Like these are things that have fans. It's very strange for a company that makes a product to have fans of this magnitude yeah. and nature. And so I agree. I don't think we're all like, you know, it's necessarily the obsessive fan the obsessive part. part. We're not that's zealots, the part. No, right? No, that's the thing you're trying to fight against. But at the same time, Dan Miller, you're you're right. You know, I've, there's some T-shirts on the floor that are no window zones and things like that. But I, I think we are fairly timid. I've I've seen people walking around with with IBM laptops, and they're not accosted. Uh, they make it out alive, <laughs> I, I think. I've seen a surprising number of those here, actually. A Vio, a Dell laptop, a bunch of things here. Yeah. The so, real reason Steve Jobs Come down to everyone. He would break every netbook he, he saw. Would be walking around with a baseball bat. <laughs> we don't bite. Um, the other elephant in the room, besides Apple's absence, uh, is, of course, what Apple announced just two weeks before the show, which is the iPad. And you know, at the time when they announced that, I thought it was kind of a stinky thing to do, trying to take some of the, you know, steal some of the thunder out of from Macworld Expo. But I think it's had actually the exact opposite effect. Everybody here is really that I've talked to is really energized about the iPad. It's, it's really exciting to the to the vendors I've talked to. I mean, it reminds me a lot of the year when they announced the iPhone and nobody had one, but everybody was talking about it. Like, and I was at CES when they announced it because they overlapped. And everybody at CES was talking about it, and they hadn't even seen yeah. the keynote presentation. But the closest you could get in 2007 was those two glass pillars that had a phone. You couldn't touch right. a phone. It was <laughs> right. rotating. It didn't really do much. <laughs> and yet people like lined up to like stare at the thing and gawk. And it seems like the iPad feels there aren't there aren't even iPads on the floor here. Obviously, you know, there's nothing. But it's still something that's very, 
you know, that's very much on everybody's minds, especially developers. Yeah, the developers. I was talking to, for example, this one company called Mac Practice that, that does software for medical practices, right? It's very niche -y stuff. But they're really, really excited about the iPad because you can imagine you put something like that in a doctor's hand when he's giving you a checkup, oh. and he's going to be able to check things off, and it's going to get beamed right to your records. It's it's a really, really cool application for them. So, and it's it's giving people a lot to talk about on the floor. I've I've been hanging around a lot of the accessory booths, like uh, like case makers, like Targus, and I've, I hear people regularly coming up. Are you going to? Do you have any cases that I can see for the iPad? What are you going to do for it? Well, it's you like know, kind of like the closest they can get to actually touching one, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, you have a case. Oh, it's a yeah. case. There's some convincing mock-ups as well of the iPad. There uh, are. I've have you really? Targus actually has one over there. They have a number of uh, iPad cases on display right now that you can. Uh, Feel in touch, and they actually have a fake iPad that you can kind of they show <laughs> mounted up. And uh, developers have them as well. I was talking to uh, the guy who runs uh, Omni Software, and he's got his own like 3D printed version mm -hmm. that's using one of those like plastic polymer 3D printers. Oh, that's crazy! And it's it's like well, we use it. You know, we use it for mockups. You know, and Omni, of course, has already announced that they're going to bring like you know five of their top line Mac yeah. apps to the iPad. They're totally committed to iPad development. They're going big, and so you know they this is tough for them because. They don't have an iPad, you know. They they they've seen what we've seen for pretty much, and in some cases even less because they didn't get to go to the event and actually play with one for you know ten minutes or whatever. So it's a real challenge, I feel like, for all the developers who now have to decide. Well, what do you do, right? Is we've got you know less than slightly under two months now. Do we make something and release it without ever having seen this product, so that we have something when it comes out and it potentially doesn't work quite right? It's a little buggy. Or do you wait? Well, the, I, the people I was like going back to Mac practice. What they said they're going to do is they're they're going to modify their existing iPhone apps to fit the bigger screen and, and work on the bigger screen. And then once the thing comes out, they're going to start using the the SDK to come up with a native some native apps for it. Okay. So they're going to have something on launch, but then they're going to come out with something else in a couple of months after that. Do you, Do you think that the iPad in general has like? has helped the in the attendance of the show, even though people know it's not going to be here, do you think that's gotten people excited about seeing this whole ecosystem, the whole community? I think so, because I think that that's what these, this an expo like this is about. It's for all the other stuff that you're going to want to do with your iPad. Some people are going to want to put it on stands. They're going to want to use it to show off media at, at some kind of an event or something, and that kind of stuff is going to be here, or at least the people who are going to make it are here. So you can come talk to them and get your input and you know, maybe even have a say in, in what they make and how they make it. You know, and that's that's a wonderful thing when you can talk straight to a developer or a hardware manufacturer or, or Targus, whatever, and you know, give them your two cents, and that goes into the product. That's yeah. That's I mean, awesome. when, when else do you get a chance to do that unless you know you're returning a product because you didn't like it or whatever? But you don't you don't get that kind of FaceTime, that kind of direct uh, you know communication with a company. So that seems like really a really valuable aspect of the whole expo experience. I mean, I don't know. Let's see. I know you guys, Dan and Dave Chartier, have been to a couple of Macworld before. Dave, is this your first one? This is one? actually my first one. What, what do you think? I mean, as, a, as someone who has never been to a Macworld You know, Macworld I don't have before. anything to really compare it to, but just looking at the view from up here, seeing the uh, floor, it, it looks wildly successful, for one. And uh, for two, um, I, I, like, I agree with Dave Chartier, Chartier in that it's, it's almost nice to not have Apple kind of hogging up all the attention and uh, putting themselves center stage. It's, it's really cool that all these developers kind of have a democratic way to just get everything out there, and um, you know, no, no one developer is really getting a lot more attention than any other one. Yeah. So it's nice to see that. Um, about the biggest booth that I can see looking around might be Microsoft's actually, which you think <laughs> might be a little galling to Apple, but I, you know, maybe they're just <laughs> pretending not to see. And of course, you know, they're 
They're showing off. I don't know if they're, they're are they actually showing. About they're talking about Office. Their 20, new Office. Yeah, I don't know. 2011, 2011, 2011. It's Office for Mac 2011. Um, and you know, who would have thought that the the sort of one of the biggest product names on a Mac world show floor would be Microsoft? It looks like IBM's giving them some competition though. Oh so. God, what is it's like the 80s, it's kind you know, of or 80s <laughs> and 90s all over again. Um, so, for those of you who have had a chance to walk the floor a little bit, have anything jumped out at you that you thought, wow, this is really cool? I've seen a couple of really small things that jumped out. I mean, uh, one on the really, really geeky end, there's a company called Aspera that has a file transfer program that they say they sell to people like uh, Comcast and movie studios that's 100 times faster than FTP. They, use, uh, they don't use the TCP protocol, they use UDP, and they got all this other kind of stuff, and they say they can, they, it's just this wacky fast file transfer. And I'd never even heard of any such thing. And I just thought, who knew? We all got to transfer files. Well, yeah, and you got to think about, you know, a movie studio trying to transfer digital imagery yeah, from one yeah. side of the country to the other. Gigabytes I mean, of data. It makes a lot of sense. And they're very excited about this whole medical records thing that's coming where they're, they're going to be able to transmit x-rays from one place to another really, really fast. So they're very excited. Very I'm gonna, geeky. I'm gonna have to play the uh, the best of show card and go with that. Um, uh, I forget the manufacturer's name, but they have they have the pocketable projector. Oh that yeah. Made, uh, oh yeah, yeah, The yeah, pixel yeah. pipe something something projector. Uh, yeah. Uh, if only we had a list. Mm -hmm. That was. I mean, that was really really impressive. Just. I haven't the, seen a demo. Did you actually? It was it was nice. I mean, it's it's clear, sharp. The, the, it's not much larger than uh, than like an iPhone. I mean, it really is pocketable, uh, and it, it just a really really nice image. Beautiful color. The, the crazy thing to me about that, I thought, is that, is that it doesn't actually have a lens, but it focuses really clearly no matter yeah. how far away you are from the wall or the screen or whatever you're projecting and onto. And he, he demoed that live. He brought it up and back up on the stage from the board that they were demoing it on. Just perfect focus the so whole if time. If you ever suffered through one of those presentations with a fuzzy projector, this is this would cure that problem. And it was 500 bucks, which, uh, I mean, if anybody's had to buy a projector, that's, that's, that is not a shock. That's pretty reasonable. That's a great price for what that thing is. Now, is that connect to, is that just a Mac projector? Is it a no, iPhone? No, iPhone, iPod Touch. That's amazing. Yeah, so you can you can bring your, your iPod yeah, or your iPhone. Presumably your iPad, eventually, yeah, with a keynote presentation. Exactly, just bring that to a meeting, and boom, you have a gorgeous projector. Uh, wow, it was It was is, really impressive. That's crazy. So, uh, Couple things that uh, caught my attention uh, were the glove developers who make uh, gloves that work with uh, touchscreen surfaces for iPods, iPod Touch, and assumably the iPad, uh, which is great for those who live in cold climates who want to, you know, be able to use their their iPhone without having to take off their gloves. So I actually tried a few of them out. They work they work surprisingly well. Uh, one of them is iTouch gloves. The other one would be, I believe, Tele gloves. What is it? Yeah. So. That was that's kind of interesting. It's kind of cool to try those on and actually get to experience them firsthand. Whereas normally, you know, you'd just be reading about it online. You'd maybe be a little suspicious. Is it really going to work? Uh, one other thing that I thought was kind of cool is a program called TuneUp that um, they're actually promoting pretty heavily out here. They have some booth babes wandering around, uh, giving out flyers and stuff. But uh, they clean up your iTunes uh, folders uh, so that you know you don't have. I don't think they do duplicates, but they will rename certain files because a lot of times you'll have like the same artist listed in two different ways. Maybe right. first name, you know, Cash Johnny, and then Johnny Cash. Mm -hmm. You end up with you know pretty sloppy library. So it arranges all of that for you, uh, going onto some database. So it sounds pretty convenient. 
That is nice. I mean, we all have a preponderance of, of digital media these days. And anytime a computer can do that work for me, I'm, I'm a happy That's more time person. for you to do whatever you want to be doing, right? More time to get more music for Actually, us to clean or up for listen me. to the music that you want to <laughs> listen to. <laughs> I, I haven't had a chance to walk the show floor that much, but I did have a very odd uh, encounter where on my list of vendors to go visit, I found myself uh, going to the Motorola booth. Oh, uh, yeah. And so I walked over to the Motorola booth thinking, well, why, why are they here? Are they doing phone stuff, mobile stuff? And I sort of looked at it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, so uh, how are you guys doing? Uh, what are you showing off here? And they said, well, we're, we're showing off our new version of Timbuktu. And I'm like, <laughs> come again? You know, Timbuktu, this classic, like, screen-sharing remote control and viewing software. I'm like, oh, how did you guys end up with that? Because that, that is, that's Mac software that's been around It's been around forever. forever. <laughs> and it's, a, I mean, it just turned out they had, they had bought the company at some point that made this software. And they're like, but astoundingly enough, they, have, they are in the process of rebuilding it from the ground up as a modern Cocoa application. Because it's still been on based on carbon, it's got like graphics circa 1996, you know, the little bitmapped Mac computers, and right. it looks, it's just instant nostalgia rush when you look <laughs> at this thing. But they've got a nice, they've got a new version which they showed to me really briefly, it's not now yet, they're still in development, but it's yeah. supposed to come out in the summer or something. And it's, um, you know, it looks great, but it, at the same time, it's a, it's a tough market now that Apple's built screen sharing into all their, you know, every single copy of OS X has screen sharing, there's the uh, remote desktop control, you know, everybody's sort of in that market, but, you know, they think that the, the brand and the fact that companies trust Timbuktu and it's been around so long is, there's a potential there. So it was an odd encounter, well, good luck yeah, to you guys. Uh, <laughs> it's tough, tough, tough order, but it, it, interesting to see that there are there are long time Mac pieces of software that are yeah. still here after 20 years. Yeah, I just had a very long discussion with a FileMaker Pro developer and they say their business is doing great. They just make custom databases for, for, for all kinds of businesses. So some of the old stalwarts are definitely still here. Yeah, that's well that's good to hear. I mean, I think that's a really important part of the community. As we've all said, I think the Expo has a huge focus on community this year. Um, and whether we are StarCraft fans or maybe just enthusiasts of, of a different color, um, I think that it's it's great to see so many people come out and, and not only to support, you know, not to just support a single company, Apple, but to support all these other people yeah. who are in the community. Absolutely. Them. Exactly. Um, I think we're getting close towards our end of the, the time schedule. I'm not sure exactly how close, but I mean, does anybody else got any, any thoughts they would like to wrap up with? How do you feel about next year? Are you enthusiastic? You, uh, David, you you are you are newbie for the first time. Would you come back next year? I, I personally would. You know, I had a good time here. Um, now, speaking on the enthusiasm level, that's one thing that's really struck me is obviously how enthusiastic Mac fans tend to be, and you know how you don't find that level of enthusiasm for other companies, but lately we've seen Apple become more and more mainstream, right? So, kind of makes me wonder, as Apple becomes more and more mainstream, is that going to turn off the hardcore fans and is that going to kind of alienate the people who always thought of Apple as their brand as opposed to everybody else's? So, do you guys see this enthusiasm, you know, do you see Apple maintaining this level of enthusiasm among hardcore fans? That's a good question. It's a very good question. I mean, I think, there are certain people who will always appreciate Apple for what it does, which is make great products. And, and to that extent, you know, even no matter how mainstream they become, I think those people will continue to show their support in, the, in buying Apple products. But at the same time, you might lose a little bit of the what made them so special when they become you know, extremely mainstream. Or maybe just you end up with a smaller community 
that's a little more tightly knit, but perhaps not as not as large. At the very least, we may at least see some T-shirts like, uh, you know, I was into Apple before <laughs> you listened to them, you know, stuff like that. Before they sold out. Yeah, exactly. Before <laughs> yeah. they no, went mainstream. I, I think there's going to be plenty of people that would come to this. I, I don't think the, the core base, you know, if anything, they'll get upset and they'll leave a few comments on a blog, but they'll still come here to actually... Cranky comments on a blog, yeah. that never happens. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll still come here to, to actually see the developers and, and the manufacturers of the products that, uh, that they love. It'll also be interesting to see, you know, a year from now, what, what has happened to the iPad. You know, will there be a special section for the iPad? Will there be a special part of the, the, the floor for them? Will there be another show for them? Who knows? Yeah, well, will the iPad and iPhone developer people take over the entire pavilion? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think we're all looking forward to seeing uh, when the when the week is up. We've still got one day left, and it's a Saturday. It's a Saturday. Which Ooh, could, be, could be big. Come on down, folks. Um, yeah, so there's still time. Probably by the time this goes up. Hopefully there's still time for you to come down and check out the show. But thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, I'm Senior Associate Editor Dan Moore, and I'd like to thank my guests uh, Dan Miller, David Chartier, and David Dahlquist for joining me. And we'll see you next time. That concludes this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Tune in throughout this week and next for more podcasts from the show floor. Thanks very much for listening.